the number one thing that we hear from salon owners is, I couldn't live without my support staff. That is a problem. Mm-hmm. If you have set up a business that you can't live without your support staff, then you've done it wrong. And we've seen this happen when all of a sudden support staff quits. Hi, everyone. I'm Sid Sharice. And I'm David Bosher. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. Where we teach you to salon differently. Ditch the can and go digital today. It's 2022, and with inflation plus an open color bar, we are experiencing more color loss, and this time, we can't just blame the drains. Join the thousands of salons that are digitizing the most creative aspect of their business. Never lose, never guess, and never worry. Head to salonscale.com slash DTH to see why thousands have joined the Salonscale movement. Use code DTH10 at checkout for 10% off. We are thrilled to announce our partnership with Salon Interactive. Finally, a company that is helping put the power of retailing back in the hands of salon owners and hairdressers. No more stocking retail shelves with thousands of dollars worth of products that are just collecting dust. Salon Interactive allows you to sell entirely online, directly to your clients. And the best part is, you get to take home a large commission. We know the world of e-commerce can be scary and confusing, and that's why we love Salon Interactive. It's a free tool that allows you to sell the professional products you want from the brands that you love without having to spend a dime. Visit saloninteractive.com slash DTH to get started. Let us introduce you to one of our favorite product companies, Reverie. Reverie is hair care for all humans, no matter your hair type. Their clean and innovative formulas nurture the integrity of your hair for unrivaled results. Reverie is made intentionally in California, paying attention to detail at every stage of the process. Their mindfully sourced vegan ingredients and environmentally friendly packaging showcases their commitment to creating alchemy in a bottle. Reverie was created in 2011 by Garrett Markinson and continues to be a family-owned and operated business to this day. Tap the link in the episode description to get connected with our friends over at Reverie. Why the front desk is obsolete. (laughs) When Sid and I are are choosing podcast episodes, we... I mean, it's true artists do. We just write a bunch of jumbled ideas down and then just And then we try to organize it. Yeah, I think it's hard. I think it's interesting for us because we talk about topics all day long. with with the clubhouse. Over and over and and over and over and over. But we've... And so in our head, everyone has heard this. Mm -hmm. Everyone's heard our take on things. But that's not true. Mm -mm. So... We are going to be talking about why the front desk is obsolete. Is a money suck of your business. If you've been listening to us for a long time, you know that we talk about the front desk and the removal of it as part of the destroy the hairdresser method. Mm-hmm. But I think giving it more consciousness and context is really important. I want to be really clear that the removal of the physical entity itself is very important mm-hmm. because... It represents. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the front desk represents so many toxic, reactive systems in the salon itself. By the way, as a coach, I can can tell you with certainty, and I know you can too, every problem a salon has ends up at the front desk. The root is the front desk. The root of the problem is always the front desk. It's always the answering the phones, the issues with someone else booking for someone Did else. Did they leave me a tip? Did you cash them out right? Mm-hmm. You cash them out wrong. Are you going to call them back? No, Inventory. you should call them back. Inventory. Every single issue lives at the front desk. So we thought, let's get rid of it. What would happen? <laughs> That's really what we asked, is what would happen. Mm-hmm. And I think New York City was an easy place for us to experiment with that. When we were coming up with the idea, yeah. 
Yeah, when we were thinking about it, it was like, I remember working at a space. I was freelancing at the time, and I was working at a space, and they're like, just have your clients check out at the front desk. I'm like, but I can just do it myself. And right like, here in the chair. Like, that was what I kept doing. I was like, I'll just do it myself, because I wasn't necessarily an employee, so I would just kind of rent the chair or use the chair. And so they always wanted me to use the front desk because that's what they're used to. And I was like, but I can do this in 3.5 seconds. I can rebook them. I can charge them. I can get everything I need from them. I have control over my business. Yeah, and I know it's right. And Because even me, like if I were to send them to the front desk, I would go and check to make sure it was right. I've che- I check every Same. single person. And, and I- I'd catch mistakes. You didn't charge them for this. Right. Why and didn't then, they and do And then this? my favorite is, well, you didn't write it down. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite response, by the way. <laughs> Not my favorite response. But you, the world, again, this was seven plus years ago. And I mean, I know that maybe isn't a long time, but with technology the way it is, it is a long time. Mm-hmm. Seven years ago was quite a long time. And I think, why are we not, like in the industry, why do we have a front desk? Why do we have these giant computers for all this bullshit that we don't need to be working on. I Why mean, are we spending $20,000 a year? Or more. Or more on multiple s- support staffs. I think where people have a hard time with us talking about removing the front desk is they are emotionally attached to their support staff or their support I staff love- has invested in being full-time employee. Okay, it's a couple things. Number one, we love support staff. This isn't This isn't about getting rid this of support staff. This isn't about you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this. The number one thing that we hear from salon owners is, I couldn't live without my support staff. That is a problem. Mm-hmm. If you have set up a business that you can't live without your support staff, then you've done it wrong. And we've seen this happen when all of a sudden support staff quits. And the salon well, all, owner doesn't even know how to run their own business. Oh, yeah. Because they have literally put everything on support staff. And it's not about and not then outsourcing. What and then what they do is they hire someone quickly. Yeah. And that breeds a whole other And here's the missed opportunity. It's not about not hiring other people to help you run your business. I think that's—we have a support staff, and it's incredible, but we also could run this business— Without them. Without them. And that's the thing is a lot of—we see business owners don't want to be in charge of creating their own systems, so they put it on someone else, and then those people aren't looking for long-term employment with this business. I would say— And then they leave, and it's a shit show. Most— People that work at the front desk or do support at a salon. Yeah, it's just are, a temp job. Are temporary. And that's okay. They're in school. Mm-hmm. They're, they move. Like, it's okay, but it does create, like, there's this mentality in the salon world that's like, like, everyone leaves. It's like, because this isn't a real job. Mm-hmm. Like this, or this, I'm sorry, this is a job. This is not a real career. And of course they leave, unless you're going to pay them, you know, a huge salary, which you shouldn't because the job doesn't require that much work. And then you see, the other issue I hear is I pay all these people and they, they're not busy. They don't mm-hmm. say busy. Staying busy is such a Gen X thing. Mm-hmm. They're not staying busy. What am I paying them for? And it's like that's also a problem. You don't even know what you're paying them for. Mm-hmm. They don't know what their job is. You don't know what they're, you're paying them for. I know exactly all the support staff we have. We pay them what they're specifically supposed to do. Yeah. for what they need to do. And we also that, say that's not your job. <laughs> exactly. So – what usually happens is you hire a front desk. They sit at the front desk. They're on their phone. Fine. Cool. They go and dust the shelves because you have too much product and mm-hmm. that you don't sell. And then they have to do inventory. They fuck up the inventory. You yell at the front desk. They then fuck up this. They then schedule something wrong. Then we also do something really horrible to the front desk, which is make them a barrier between the client and the owner or the client and the Stylist. So then the people that should be responsible are not taking personal responsibility. So now stylists don't have to take personal responsibility at all. 
And then it removes their opportunity to learn how to have these conversations. Right. Because they never have to. And the front desk is being yelled at for random things they didn't have anything to do with and have no business being yelled at. And it's just all these barriers and you're paying them for this small job. I don't know. It's just, it's not even worth it. So when we were coming up with this concept, when we started teaching salons to remove their front desk, removing the front desk really is the seed level to changing everything. everything. Because when you remove the front desk, then you ask yourself a question. Well, who checks the client out? The stylist. Oh, well, we don't give our stylists, we don't want them to have access to their clients. Well, that should change. Yep. Why? Yeah, we don't keep that in 2022. We don't keep that We're not that gatekeeping people. information. Well, who's going to say hi to the clients? I don't know. The Another person? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need to pay someone $40,000 a year to say hi. Mm-hmm. What if someone calls, first of all? Why do we have a phone? Why do we have a, way a phone? Of technology? Salons don't need phones. That'll be 2023. We'll go heavy on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you don't need phones in salons. You have online booking. You can do texting. You can do email. So what removing the front desk, when the reason it's... The reason it's so intense is because it requires you to change everything else. Mm-hmm. It requires you to streamline everything. Everything. And then you save money. There's more responsibility. I was gonna I love that you brought up the no phones thing because I was gonna say, well, let's let's go through some common questions, concerns that people have with this topic. Again, if you're not in the right mindset, this isn't gonna work for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. People are like, well, it's not gonna work for me. Yeah, it probably won't yeah. because you are not ready to really look at troubleshooting critical thinking, and making changes. I cannot tell you how many people I have met that tell me they can't live without the front desk. That's number one. (laughs) And then once we get rid of that, we're like, this is great. But no, well, yes. But number two is more salon owners pay their front desk team or support staff more a year than the salon owner makes themselves. Mm -hmm. And that to me is mind-boggling. Absolutely. Mind-boggling. Yeah. I'm like, if you can't pay rent, if you can barely pay your team, if you're not making why are you, a, if you're you not even making a salary as a business owner, how do you? Yeah, we are not a place th- to have support staff <laughs> financially. You 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 know you're giving money where it shouldn't be. So the whole not having a phone one, uh, businesses don't need to run with a phone anymore. Mm-mm. You can have a place an email for specific questions, and then you can decide if you want to call that person back. You can have a place to text. Um, most of the clients are actually communicating with the stylist directly. Mm-hmm. They can book online. It's really simple. It really is simple. I mean, and other businesses that we interact with outside of our industry are already running this way. So I go to a doctor's office called Forward. I'm obsessed with it. So I, I pay like a monthly fee. They have no front desk. Mm-hmm. Everything's on, done on their app. And when you walk into the doctor's office, there is no one at the mm-hmm. front desk. All the doctors are in sessions. And you walk in and you stand on a body scanner. That's awesome. And it takes all your vitals. And then it tells you that so you So that can, removed a job. <laughs> yeah. It also like took it took all my vitals so I don't have to like wait for the nurse and then wait for the doctor. Like, so it took all my vitals. It tells me to take a seat and someone will be with me. And that's it. Yeah. Easy. Why do we have to pay someone you know, 60,000, 40,000, 80,000, whatever it is we're paying them to do that part. And I, again, I know there are support staff out there that are probably thinking like, well, that's my job. But unfortunately, again, our job at Destroy the Hairdressers is to tell you what is coming. And this is part of that. Now. Support staff could be used to help you make more money. 
They could be a project manager. They could be a marketing manager. They could be just they could help work on a, social. a personal assistant. Yeah, there's so many other things that support staff could be doing to actually bring wealth into your business by re- rather than removing opportunities to take responsibility and being the scapegoat for uncomfortable conversations or conversations around money. And this is the biggest problem I see with hairdressers is I've heard hairdressers be like, well, I don't want to work in an establishment without a front desk. Like, So I'm going to go rent a chair. I'm going to rent a suite where there is no front desk. Mm-hmm. That's their solution. That's literally what happens. <laughs> they get mad because they're either not making enough money, which because all the money is going to sports staff, <laughs> or, you know, because whatever the reason the business can't provide. And then next thing you know, or maybe the salon isn't offering freedom, which we're going to talk about in a second. And then they're like, well, I'm just going to go and rent. Uh, I've literally had, I was coaching a salon. The salon transitioned to not having a front desk. Two employees left. They left because they were like, we want to work in a salon with a front desk. So what'd they do? They went to booth rental. They didn't go to another salon with a front desk. No, they went to a, they made their own salon without a front desk. (laughs) And so now they're doing everything that they would have been doing in a DTH salon. But they're completely responsible for it. I mean, listen, again, lack of critical thinking, but DTH has been teaching to remove the front desk, to re- go cashless, to remove all these different touch points, to make it more streamlined, to remove your products, to do direct sales through online marketing and affiliate links. We've been teaching all of this. It was not very popular for a long time. Then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And guess what salons did the best? DTH salons. Mm-hmm. Guess what salons wanted to do all of a sudden? Well, we can't use the front desk. It's a touch point. We don't want people touching it. We're going to have people check out with their stylists. Yep. On their phones? Uh, yep. Easy. So what we learned through the pandemic as a company is that our methods, that's actually where we came up with the term future-proof. Mm-hmm. Because the future is, I hate to say it, but there's probably going to be more situations like the pandemic. There's, there's going to be more situations where a global world, we're connected. Or people just are really used to living like this now, too. We're cha- Yeah, we're changing the way that we work. We're changing the way that we think about work. We're changing the way that we spend money. We're, all these things are changing. And what DTH has decided to do is to say, we're going to do all that work before it happens. And I heard so many salons closing because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And think about it. If I had a huge support staff, I'd close too. How could you how would you, pay them? How would you be able to afford that? And the salon, the DTH salons that we have with our students, none of them had support staff. They, they all had affiliate links. They were making money through yeah. their Instagrams, <laughs> so, selling products online. And, I, and I, I don't want it to come off crass, but like it did show us what was no longer working. Mm-hmm. And then I saw, unfortunately, so many salons go back to what they were doing before. And mm-hmm. it's like, we have to learn the planet is changing the movement of money is changing. The movement of disease is changing. Like, everything is changing. Mm-hmm. We need to find ways to streamline, make things easy, to be online and offline. It's a lot of work to think about, mm-hmm. but it's it's conversations that have to keep being had. And removing the front desk is the key to, if you don't know where to start, this is where you start. So the next question that we get to is, stylists might think, or the salon owners will look like, <laughs> the biggest thing is, if the stylists are taking care of their own checking out and booking, what's kind of the payment back, right? Because they're taking commission. They mm-hmm. are taking commission. And without this next step, yeah, it wouldn't be fair to have them take on the responsibility of the front desk without some sort of incentive. Incentive. And so our— but it's not 
financial, which I think is what people will be shocked about. Yeah. The result is freedom with responsibility. So the way we set up our DTH salons is that stylists have ultimate freedom. They can run their individual business within yours like a booth rental or independent with the pay structure of a commission. So there's security with the commission Mm -hmm. that uh, they're going to get paid, that their taxes are paid, that their education is provided for, their products are provided for, all the things are provided for for the salon. And they come in and they work and they get a certain percentage of that Great. And I just want to be clear, we're not talking about what that percentage should be. There's a lot of salons out there that have— It's your business. Well, I don't, there's a lot of salons that have too low of a commission true. where this becomes so a problem. So, again, if, you're, if your commission is too low, which is a whole different beast of a podcast, right. um, then, yeah, this isn't going to work because it's not sustainable for the staff member. I would go to be an independent as well because I would make more money. But being an independent doesn't always make you more money if the commission is fair because you're still paying expenses, you're still paying taxes. So if the salon is paying those things, you have freedom. You can come and go as you please. You can open your books, close your books, go on vacation, not go on vacation. You can work. Freedom with responsibility means when you are working, you are responsible for checking out your clients. You are responsible for rescheduling them. You are responsible for having difficult conversations. You are responsible for running your own business. And it's funny, too, because we have a lot of styles of like, I don't want to be responsible for all that. But there's two things. Number one, you already are micromanaging the front desk by going up and making sure everything's done Mm -hmm. right. And number two, you don't want to do that. But then you go to rental where you're doing that. So rather, (laughs) exactly. But rather, here's the thing is sometimes people do need support and coaching on how to have uncomfortable conversations because we're not taught and we learn through experience, which is unfortunate, but it happens. So rather than having a front desk, what the stylist needs is a supportive leader that can step in and support that stylist if it gets bad. If I'm having a conversation with a client that is being disrespectful or is being rude, that the leader or manager, some sort of leadership personnel can come in and support me. So yes, am I responsible for starting and initiating the conversation? Absolutely. Is there someone there that used to be the front desk and we would pass on to the front desk to support me in the conversation? Yes, you absolutely. like a salon owner that isn't doing hair behind the chair anymore? hmm <laughs> That can support their staff member. I, removing the front desk is like, there, we have two camps of people that we meet. Those who hear it and they're like, I totally get it. I may not know how to do it, but I totally get it. And then the people that are like, can't imagine like they think they hear chaos yeah and that's well any change has bumps in the road everybody needs to be on board yeah you know if your team isn't on board yeah it's going to be hard you really have to make sure that everyone is really looking at what the benefit is for the business how this is going to help everyone obviously having but support also, and a coach i just want to be careful with the whole onboard thing because to make proactive decisions in your business it is not a requirement that you're having everyone on board because it is not if you wait for everyone to be on board before you make a change, it will never happen. Mm-mm. And you have a right as a business owner to make proactive changes whether your team likes it or not. No, I agree. And again, you have to also be okay with team members. Are act- Remember, team members can choose whatever kind of environment they want. Yeah. So if they don't like the changes you're making in your business, it's okay for them to leave. I love when hair- hairdressers are the only group of people that literally will gather together to confront the owner. Mm-hmm. It is I just want to be clear, it's 100% inappropriate. <laughs> it's their business, and they and whether they want to run it into the ground or not, it's their choice. Yeah, and it's also your choice if you want to jump ship. It, absolutely, and I think that's the thing people forget. It's like— But I have heard over and I throughout my whole career, I think I've even been part of it, mm-hmm. where it's like, 
we all agree, right, that we're not going to do this. We're going to sit down the owners and tell them that we don't want to do this. I just find that to be the, it's so reactive. Mm-hmm. There's a diff, like, I get if you don't like something that your boss has done, but like, leave. Can you imagine if don't, Steve, Steve Jobs didn't create the iPhone? Like, because some people were like, it's board. not going to work. They weren't on board. They weren't on board. <laughs> it's like, Find your team that is And I'm sure he wasn't the greatest at all times, and I'm sure people disagree with him all the time. That is okay, but I think salon owners, because they don't have any leadership training for the most part, or their leadership training is about technical Mm -hmm. education, they don't know how to, like, make changes that upset their team proactively. Yeah, I also think a lot of the education is around technical and not business. And product sales. Like, bring other people outside of our industry. Like, bring someone in to teach financial budgeting to your team. Bring someone in that's an accountant to really talk about the breakdown of what taxes are and how to make their worth and wealth better. Bring someone in to talk about how to have uncomfortable conversations or emotional intelligence. Bring people in, a photographer, to take pictures. Like, bring people in to teach your team things. There are so many other skills outside of just technical that we need in this industry. Yet, our salons only provide technical education. It's like, how many balayage classes are you going to take? Like, you can't. You can't keep taking the same education. Provide, I would be so stoked to work at a salon where one, I had freedom, but also two, like they were providing education from outside sources to increase my wealth within their establishment. Also, if you're a hairdresser, stop waiting for your boss to provide education. Just go get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much free education online. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. I mean, you can wa- you can learn anything at any time. It may not be from the best, the best. It may not be from someone that you think is quite like, but learning is no longer about that. It's like I can watch someone do a haircut online and I can mimic it. Absolutely. Because we're visual. Yeah. And a lot of people can. So I don't like YouTube's great. Other sources are great. Other like we have our business online education. You don't have to wait for your boss to pay for it. You can pay for it. Mm-hmm. I think there's so much of our industry is also like we also have a ton of free education. <laughs> yeah. But we we wait as hairdressers for our bosses to, like, give us everything. Maybe that's just an employee thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's— If you want it. That's not—I mean, well, you, can, you, can, you also, can do that. But I, I just think you live in a world that benefits people that take care of themselves. Elon Musk has a saying, which I, I think he's a nutcase, but he has a really great saying. He says, favor—fortune does not favor the bold. It favors the fast. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so true. And so if you're working at a salon and you're waiting for someone to give you the things that you need, it's not going to Also, have a conversation. Happen. Say, listen, I think this would be really beneficial. Exactly. But when it comes to owning a business, the salon owner has a right to make proactive changes. And if the salon owner believes that removing the front desk is a proactive change, we have to respect them as a business owner. Mm-hmm. I have heard really great stories, too, of stylists looking at their boss and saying, I don't know what you're doing. But I trust you. Yeah. And those people do so well in the changes because mm-hmm. they're like, they or, have, but they have a respect level for that person. Like, okay, this is kind of crazy, but, and I hear this a lot too. It's like, well, they've never made a bad choice yet, or I haven't worked for them and they've fucked up yet. So like they, they measure it in a certain way. But like, if you have someone who's like, I'm not doing that, they got to go. Salons would actually have more success when making big changes in their their businesses if they would communicate. But they're so afraid of the response that they avoid it. And they do all this unnecessary back work to roll it out 
But that rollout needs time and patience and communication. And they could have started talking about this, like sometimes planting the seed even a year in advance of like, I want to do this. You know, like, let's talk about this. We're going to do this. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this. Because I think when the other thing that salon do is they ask. They sideswipe a lot. Or they ask their team, what do you think? That's not, that is not a good question to ask. Can you imagine if the president was like, what do y'all think? Mm-hmm. Or can you imagine if a pilot came on and was like, what, all, what route do you all think we should take? <laughs> and be like, get the, me the fuck off this plane. Yeah, exactly. But I really think like salon owners, and it's kind of a cop out. It is. Like, I don't want to Also, I want this. a leader that can make their own decisions. Yes. I want a leader who says, this is what we're doing. It's going to work. It's going to be great. There is a time and place for getting teams' opinions. But there's yeah. a time and place for it. And it's not, not an every topic. It's not an every decision you need to make as a business owner going, what do you think? Because sometimes being uncomfortable and going through pain points is part of growth. And it's okay for your team to experience pain. It's okay for you to experience pain. And it's okay for all of you to go through a growth spurt together. But I think, like, we we love ideas from our team, but there's a time and a place for them to be like, let's brainstorm. Right. Like, we literally have a channel in our Slack that, is called Think Tank. If a coach is like, I have this incredible idea for a class, they can drop it there. And then it's our job as the leaders to be like, is this possible to create? Or right. will this work? Or and sometimes it's not right now. Yeah. But I think... But there's an outlet. There's an outlet. But I also hear from saloners, oh, my team would never do that. Mm-hmm. And that's a weird statement too. Like, isn't it your business? I love when people make an assessment for the whole community based off their fear. Oh, my team would never do that. Have you asked? Yeah. Does it matter? Do they have a choice? Like, I don't, there's so many things. There's so many cop outs in the salon industry with leadership. Like, oh, my team would never do that. It's like, oh, your team wouldn't do it or you don't want to do it. Exactly. Because that's a very different conversation. And I think all those little cop outs that show up, that's what, again, that's what coaching is for is to be like, we have to. Well, how really to have those conversations in. with your team. That's yeah. what having coaches about. Like, how can we support them? We have a whole gratuity free practice. Mm-hmm. That is a nightmare if you do not know how to communicate that with your team. Because there are people that agree with it. There are people that think it's awful. There are people that think you're stealing from them now. Like Some people are afraid to raise their prices. Some exactly. people are afraid to have those conversations. So there has to be a lot of but hand-holding. The irony of all this is that all of this came up because we're talking about the front desk. Mm-hmm. That's how powerful... When you remove the front desk, that's how powerful it is in this ripple effect of change. You have mm-hmm. to be really ready for removing that physical thing. It changes the whole culture of a business. It changes the whole flow. It changes the whole experience. It cha- like where does the responsibility go after that? Mm-hmm. And I think everyone's responsible. It's a real. If you do it properly, it is the best thing you can do for your business. If you're a new salon owner or you're thinking about opening a salon, I would open it without one. Mm-hmm. That you have the benefit of creating a culture immediately. There's no changing. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And I love working with people where there's more and more salons opening that are like this. And they don't even know. It's effortless. They don't even know what the problem with the front desk is. They don't even have the experience. Yeah. And I think that's so cool. So if you want to remove your front desk. Remove your front desk, y'all. Come to our clubhouse. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. Come to our clubhouse. It's Sunday brunches. Yeah. Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern on the clubhouse app. The last Sunday of every month, we do a Unless brunch. Unless you're listening to this in 2054, which is probably not happening anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then I don't know. We always offer a ton of free education, and we offer free education in a way where you can actually talk to a coach. It's not just yeah. like a PDF template. Like, we're like, you want free education because maybe you can't afford the coaching program right now? That's okay. But you also— You can come and speak to a coach about your problems. Again, the podcast is to get you to think differently. That's it. 
it's not a lot of people are like you say all this stuff and you don't tell us how to do it and it's like first we're just talking about the concept mm-hmm. like if you want to learn it's how to do things level. you got to work with someone it's it's different for each person every salon Everyone's is unique. unique yeah you can't just there's no like template form of removing something from a business you need to work with the people that are in that business so it's a great choice to make it's a tough one it's a big one and if you need help we're here next time on destroy the hairdresser the podcast i think because we had those strong feelings of like wanting to be entrepreneurs that's how we created some of our dth methods of like for example unlimited freedom unlimited time off I would have worked for someone in a salon setting to have that freedom. I would work for someone now. Oh, for sure. I would work for any of my coaches. 